0: Good morning, saints. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, as it always is. We are in a sermon series uh, on the glory of God. We are examining the glory of God. Each week, I've been using a sunset or a sunrise picture from different parts of the world that are known to us. Last Sunday, after the sermon... Our brother Mike Driscoll from Alaska sent us this, sent me this beautiful picture. at his village. So, Mike, good morning. We're so glad that uh, the time difference allows you to join us each Sunday. Thank you for sending uh, this picture to us. Since we're in Alaska this morning, that immediately made me think of the Cedarbergs. You all might remember the Cedarbergs. She floods our feeds with these amazing beautiful pictures of the Northern Lights. So I asked permission from her if I could just show a few more this morning. Well, the glory of God is such a fascinating topic, and it is so worthy of our attention. Last week, we focused on creation as it declares day in and day out the glory of God. Few things fill my cup and make me feel closer to the Lord than being with him in nature. I appreciate the many comments I've received this past week regarding the same from you. Uh, How being in nature often just causes you to worship and you feel close uh, to the Lord. So a key component of the glory of God is his attributes and his character. We're not doing a linear study, just going one by one through all of his attributes, but thus far we have seen that God is self sufficient and that God is holy. This morning we will focus on an attribute of God that, in many ways, is the crowning jewel of God's attributes for the Christian. It is the solid rock upon which we stand. It is the confidence upon which which we have entrusted and are building our very lives. It is our hope in life and in death. I speak this morning of the immutability of God. That is a fancy way to say that God does not change. He is not subject to to passing whims he is not fickle he is not capricious rather he is faithful and he is dependable what he says he does there is no one that we can trust more fully than god When we consider, as we did last week, the greatness of the universe and the greatness of God, we are shocked to see that God is mindful even of us. How can the one who created and ordered and orchestrates and sustains all things have time or the vision to see little old me? To be well acquainted with, Further, with my problems. And yet it is true. God, Almighty God, is familiar with all of my ways, with my coming and my goings. Now, let me ask you a question. Which of you has been let down, or hurt, or frustrated? with someone who does not do what they say they are going to do. They do not follow through and in some circumstances you have just learned that you cannot depend on them in general. You may feel pain, you might feel frustration. The truth is every time that happens, You feel that same pain all over again, particularly if it is someone that you love. I am here to tell you this morning that God is not like that at all. I am here to tell you that we can trust in Him, that we can depend upon Him, we can rely on Him, we can know that He is going to show up time and time again in the same way. We know that He is a covenant-keeping and a promise-keeping God. So let's begin this morning by looking at a passage in Isaiah. This section of Isaiah, the Isaiah 40s, has such rich truth about God. It has soaring theology and remarkable truth. So I invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 46. And we're going to begin in verse 8. Remember this... And stand firm, recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is none other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all of my purpose. Calling a bird a prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Friends, God's faithfulness is a trouble for sinners, and it is a comfort for the righteous. In this section of Isaiah, God is distinguishing himself from the lifeless idols that other people worship. Look at these beautiful truths that are given about God just in this short little passage. There is none like him. He declares the end from the beginning. Centuries before they would take place, God speaks the truth. His counsel and his wisdom stand, and he finishes the job. He gets done that which he is determined to get done. He does not make adjustments along the way as if anything catches him off guard. Look at that last phrase. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. We can take what God says to the bank. It is going to happen. We can trust God. Him, We can have confidence in Him. This, my friends, is the God that we serve. He is not fickle and He will not change His mind. He will not let you down. He will not say one thing but do another. He will not say He is going to do something and then not follow through and actually do it. He knows the entire panorama of history. He is before all things. Our God is unchanging and he is immutable. God's faithfulness and the fact that I can depend upon him has so many personal applications. Let's take a a moment and see how this applies directly to the gospel. I take you to well-known territory, 1 John chapter 1, towards the end of your Bible. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, or righteous, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness now this is a beloved verse and for good reason but what does this particular word mean what does he mean when he says in yellow that's my yellow i added what does he say what does he mean when he says that god is faithful to do this I understand that God forgives and cleanses us from all of our sins. Praise God for the cross. But why would he say that he is faithful to do so? Faithful to what? Well, I'm glad you asked. Take your Bibles and turn to the Old Testament to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. I am just going to read beginning in verse 31 of Jeremiah chapter 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, a new promise, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with, the father, with their fathers. On the day when I took them by the hand. To bring them up out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which by the way they broke. Though I was their husband declares the Lord. For this is the covenant. The new covenant. That I will make with the house of Israel after those days declares the Lord. I will put my law. Within them. And I will write it on their hearts. Not external, but internal, my heart. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Why? Because they will all know me. Amen. This is the new covenant. This is the church. This is Christ. This entire section is quoted verbatim in Hebrews chapter 8. But watch. They will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. When God says that I will forgive your sins, I will cleanse you. He is being faithful to that which he announced centuries prior before Christ even came. What is God faithful to? God is faithful to his promises. He promised thousands of years ago that he would send the Lord Jesus, who would bear up under the holy wrath of God for our sins. Under this new covenant, we would find true and complete and thorough forgiveness. This is why God's unchanging character is so important. He does not change his mind when we have a bad day. He does not change his mind, forgive me, when he has a bad day. That doesn't happen. I'm just making a point. He does not change his mind because he no longer feels like keeping the promise that he made. Rather... We can completely trust him and have confidence that he will remember our sins no more. Now let me briefly add. You might be asking, well what about that other word? Just. He is faithful and he is just. Your translation might say righteous. Since when is God just to forgive sins? Is he not holy? This is the gospel. He is just to forgive our sins because Jesus has fully and finally paid the penalty of my sins upon the cross. God's holiness is, And his righteousness and his justice are upheld as my sins are forgiven through faith in Christ. And this, my friends, is the heart of the gospel. It's why it's called good news. We're gathered today because of the gospel. We all have faith in our Lord and Savior and that is what binds us together. Being a Christian is not a cultural phenomenon. We are not a true Christian because we live in this country or because our parents are Christians. Becoming a Christian is when each individual person in repentance to the Lord, believing God's testimony about our sin. We believe God's testimony about Jesus Christ, His Son. We believe the testimony of the apostles in the epistles in Holy Scripture regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We do not merely believe them as interesting and intriguing facts. But rather we entrust ourselves by faith fully to Jesus Christ. We believe that we are not able to rectify our position before God. But we believe that the shed blood of Jesus is more powerful and speaks a better word than every last one of our Sins. We believe that Jesus is able to save and we believe that salvation is a free gift through faith in Christ. Why is this so important? Jesus' own words will not change meaning from time to time. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The testimony of the apostles in Holy Scripture, they are just as clear then as they are now. Peter, the most unlikely of apostolic leaders, declared that there is salvation in none Other Acts chapter 4. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What if God were to change the goalpost without telling us? What if God changed the rules and we did not know about it? What then? Friends, this is the significance of the immutability of God. God's Word tells us His plan before the foundation of the world was for His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for sinners, to redeem us from the curse of the law. That burden of having to prove ourselves and to live up to a certain standard which is impossible for us. God redeems us from that futile rat race. Praise God, the proposition of the New Testament is clear, it is unwavering, and it is unchanging. Are you a sinner? Do you fall short of even your own goals for yourself? Friends, you qualify. Jesus said, whosoever will may come. So this morning we beg you, if you have not put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, today is the day of your salvation. Jesus Christ is for men, for women, and for children. He is for those of us with light skin, those of us with darker skin. He is for the rich. He is for the poor. He is for everyone. His message has not, and it will not change let's take this a step further it is often said that it is not the strength of my own faith which is often feeble but the object of my faith that matters jesus christ is the one who died and rose again and what does the scripture say about him hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and yes, forever. He does not change. The message of the old rugged cross. It is just as simple and just as beautiful yesterday as it is today and will be tomorrow. So let's make sure we have a good cross-section of Scripture as we establish this truth for today. So let's look at what James, the half-brother of Jesus, has to say regarding the unchanging nature of Almighty God. James chapter 1. It is towards the end of your Bible, but we have it on the screen as well. James, one of Jesus' half siblings who at one time thought he literally was crazy. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. What a beautiful and profound statement. God is the giver of good gifts, and he does not change. He does not grow in his understanding of anything because he already knows all things. He does not shift gears and decide to do something completely different once he has made a promise. I love how some of the older translations, George, says that there's no shifting shadow with God. For those of us who know the Lord, we are all at different steps in our faith journey. We are at different stages of maturity. I am here to tell you that learning to trust the Lord more deeply, it is a lifelong pursuit. Learning to trust the Lord is a central part a key component of growing in Christ as a Christian. We trust what God has to say about himself and the world around us is true. We order our steps accordingly. We believe what God has to say about sin, that that is true. So we order our steps accordingly. These processes are sometimes painful and discouraging as we don't always get it right. But saints, I am here to tell you that the immutability of God, it is the rock upon which we stand in these matters. You can trust that what God has said is true and it will be no less true tomorrow than it was yesterday. The reality is each and every one of us as people, we have people or organizations, companies that let us down. They prove to be unreliable over the long run or just in specific circumstances. But God is not like that. He invites us to trust him and to walk with him and to obey him. I always love hearing stories of men and women and children who have determined to trust God even though they do not have the answers and even though they do not know how everything will end. Oftentimes facing so much pain in the moment. Friends, the world may never know their name But they are the true heroes. Because trusting God is such a beautiful expression of faith. Particularly when it is so difficult to do. Trusting God does not mean that everything is going to turn out rosy or perfect. We know that it doesn't always do that. But trusting God means that we entrust ourselves fully to him, believing and trusting that he will take care of us, that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, and will give us the strength for the journey, day by day and moment by moment. Tomorrow we start a new cycle of our grief-share ministry. Truly, God is close to the brokenhearted. There are often lonely and difficult paths to walk in life. But saints, I invite you and I encourage you to trust in the Lord with all that you have. Trust in the Lord, as Proverbs says, with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. That is the consistent invitation that God gives to each of us. Trust in me with all of your heart, with all of your vulnerability, with all of your doubts and your questions. In all of our discipleship efforts and relationships, let's encourage one another to trust and obey him more deeply. Saints, I leave you with this beautiful passage from Psalm chapter 102. Right there in the middle of your Bible. Psalm chapter 102, beginning in verse 25. Speaking of the Lord. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens, creation, the heavens are the works of your hand. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same. You are the same and your years will never come to an end. What a powerful declaration of God's unchanging character. His immutability is a shining jewel of his glory. You might know that the passage that I just quoted is quoted in Hebrews 1 and applied to our Lord and Savior jesus christ i saw this on someone's wall recently and i would like to share it with you it's a verse from psalm 143 it is verse 8 let this truth let it sink in deep let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love for in you i trust Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul, or I entrust my life. That word, which is hard to render in English unfailing love. ESV says steadfast. Uh, Steadfast love. The idea is that God doesn't change. He has set his heart upon you. He loves you and he will not change. Let that be our meditation. Let that be our encouragement. That God's unchanging, faithful, steadfast love is ours. Let that be your thought this morning. Saints don't, uh, th- this week, don't ever forget this. God has sent, set his love on you. His intent and his disposition toward you. It will never change. Soak it in. It is simply amazing. And it is the truth. Let's pray together. In the quietness of the moment, we've spoken much about God's truth, his words, his plan, the gospel, Jesus Christ coming, dying on the cross for the sins of people. I also said that we are not a Christian because... We live here in America, or because our parents are Christians, that does not make us a Christian any more than being in a car mechanic shop makes you a car. There needs to be an individual response to the good news of Jesus Christ, which is, as we've already said, simply this, Christ Jesus died for sinners. Jesus took the punishment, the payment of our sin upon himself. He suffered an agonizing death on the cross. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. And the good news simply is this. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you have never put your faith in Christ, like I said before, The Bible says today is the day of your salvation. You are not guaranteed one more day. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning. We give you thanks for the power and the simplicity of the gospel. That you put your law in our hearts. That you do this miraculous change and transformation that only you can do where we actually want to do the right thing. Because you have loved us. And we're born again. And we can truly love you. Thank you. Lord, our lives are surely filled with many challenges, many disappointments, and sorrows, and griefs. And we know on a morning like this morning, when in a big room like this, that we're all coming with different things on our hearts or on our minds. Father, my prayer is, is that we would remember, especially this week, that you never change. That you are faithful. That you are trustworthy. That we can depend upon you. That you are reliable in the big things and also in the little things. Help us this day, this week, to more intentionally more deeply trust you every moment of every day. And Lord, we pray that you would fill us with a holy boldness when we recall that you are indeed faithful, that you will one day fully and finally conform us to the image of Jesus Christ in perfection free of temptation free of hardships and sorrows indeed you will wipe every tear from our eyes until that day give us perspective flood our hearts with hope Let us be faithful to encourage one another with that same hope. Let us not be slack or lazy. But Lord, red hot in serving you, in supporting one another, in loving our neighbor well, in preaching the gospel. Yes, with actions, but with words thank you lord our prayer every sunday said if there is but one in our midst who does not know you personally that today would be the day of their salvation putting their faith in jesus christ who lived and died and was risen again for sinners thank you it's in jesus name that we pray amen